English with Rob. Hello and happy new year to all of you lovely English learners. Thank you for choosing to learn English with the English with Rob podcast. I'm Rob, as you well know, unless you are a new listener. If you're a new listener, welcome. Come in, sit down, have a cup of tea, and enjoy learning English with us here on the podcast. What am I going to teach you today? What am I going to talk about? Well, the first thing I want to give to you is connected speech, because connected speech is something which I think really holds intermediate level learners back. So you are all intermediate or advanced level learners. Those beginners, the beginner level learners, have gone already after they start. After they heard me speaking a bit fast and with some vocabulary which is not beginner vocabulary, those guys are gone. I hope you know. I hope you don't mind. It's just us.、Um, so yeah, at an intermediate level, reading you probably find quite easy. Writing, it's it's easy. It's quite easy because you can you know there are lots of online tools you can use to help with your writing, but listening and speaking can be more difficult. And one of the reasons is because of connected speech. This is one of the things which holds you back from fully understanding native speakers because they use connected speech. So, going to、um, help you with that today, connected speech. That's the first thing.、Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is about your goals. I'm, so I'm not going to talk about setting goals. Whenever there's a new year, whenever a new year rolls around,、oh, there you go. A nice little—is that、oh, the idiom alarm didn't go off? So it's probably not an idiom. When it happens, when it rolls around, every time a new year rolls around, lots of the online English teachers will say, "Hey, it's time to set some goals, set some language learning goals and aims for the year." So I'm not going to bring you that. I'm going to bring you something about how you can stick to those goals and how you not stick to the goals, stick to reaching those goals. How you can keep doing the work to eventually reach the goals, instead of saying at the beginning of the year, "I'm going to do this," and then sitting on your sofa watching Netflix in your native language and eating crisps. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I like to do anyway. Okay, so how to how to, how to a technique、uh, for you to stick to your、um, stick to your、um, stick to getting to your goals. Yeah, let's say that. Then I'm going to talk about my goals for this year, and then a bit of news about the podcast and a bit of news about me, my personal life. In case you're interested, what's going on in my world later. But first, let's get straight into the teaching. So yes, connected speech.、Uh, one of the reasons it can be difficult to understand native English speakers.、Um, so it's when words connect together, and 
it all sounds like one line of speech and you can't separate the words. So I'm going to play you a jingle I made and here are some words from the jingle. It, it's from the perspective of a learner speaking to a native speaker. So when all your little words just sound like one long one, has the last word ended and the next one begun? By the way, this is connected speech part one. There are lots of factors, lots of aspects, lots of parts of connected speech. Today, I'm just going to look at weak forms. Weak forms are a part of connected speech. And weak forms are a reason you might not understand native speakers sometimes. And weak forms, if you start to use them, in your own English speaking, um, you will sound more, um, I'm not going to say native, you will sound more natural. You can still keep your accent, but using these weak forms will make your English sound more natural and in a way will be, will make it easier for native speakers to understand when you speak and it will sound like you have more flow. It will give you more flow because the reason we use these um, weak forms is to give speech more flow. Let me explain first what a weak form is. I will use the most common one and it's the word I, like me, like I am Rob, I am a teacher, I am making a podcast right now, I. But sometimes it's not pronounced I, it's pronounced ah, ah. Like, um, well, actually, let's talk about using this one, using a, I could say, I use this one all the time. Yeah. I has a weak form and I use it all the time. See, I didn't say I use it all the time. I said, ah, I use it all the time. Uh, ah, is it, not, is it a or uh, it's sort of between the two. I use it all the time. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I use it all the time. Wait, I do. I do know why. I do know why. It's because the word isn't stressed in these sentences because it's not so important. So instead of saying I use it all the time, I say, <laughs> I say, I say, I use it all the time because I'm talking about using it. I'm not talking about me. From the context of the conversation, you know that I'm talking about me. But when I say I use it all the time, then it's because it's not important. I don't want you to focus on I. I want you to focus on use it all the time. And that's why in many of these weak forms, it's why the weak form is used because it's not the important part of the sentence. So compare these. 
I don't like reality TV. Hmm? It's true. I don't like reality TV. Ah. Because reality TV is the main part of that sentence. I don't like reality TV. Um, now compare with this. My wife likes reality TV, but I don't. My wife likes reality TV, but I don't. So there I'm stressing I because the difference between my wife and me, I, is important. This is the, this is the part of the sentence that is the important thing, the difference between me and my wife. But in, in the other one, I don't like reality TV. Reality TV is the main thing. In my wife likes reality TV, but I don't. I'm stressing I because it's the important part of the conversation. The sentence, yeah. Okay, so that, that's an example. I, weak form a uh, or uh, uh. And if you go back and listen to all of my other podcasts, which I recommend you do now, stop this, go back. Even if you've listened to them, listen to every single one. And you will notice that I say uh. You'll notice that I say uh instead of I a lot. And actually it's something which I notice See, I was important there. It's something which I notice and I think about um, because I think so <laughs> now I'm consciously thinking about whether I'm saying I or a. Uh. But naturally, I use a uh sometimes. And I think, see, I did it there. I think, are, are English learners following this? Hmm. I think at your level, you are following it because you can, uh, you can grab the context, and you know that I is a. Uh. Okay, here are some more. You, you, hey you, uh, the word you, the weak form is you, you, like, are you okay? 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 Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So there, we've got both. We've got you and I, you and uh. Do you know what I mean? And you know someone who says this a lot, do you know what I mean? The lead singer of the 90s rock band Beatles wannabes, Liam Gallagher, says, do you know what I mean? A lot. Here are some clips of him saying it. You know what I mean? It's, it'd be a different artist, you know what I mean? Which is fine, you know what I mean? People, you know what I mean? And that, you know what I mean? And it, you know what I mean? And he won the league, you know what I mean? 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 The whip, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? So I could help, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? You're in a band, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? My mum's dust off it, you know what I mean? I'll give it a good shine, you know what I mean? Feel it, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Doing what I do, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I do like to wind up back, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? 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 There you go. Liam Gallagher saying, do you know what I mean? In a lot of different interviews on tv that's from youtube from a youtube channel called maybe definitely and that video is like a minute and a half long and it's probably not even every tv interview it's, that's just how much he says do you know what i mean it's almost like a catchphrase of his but it's not it's not just him it's a very common thing which native english speakers say and it's like a conversation filler or it can be um, a, oh, what is the word? What is the word? A discourse marker. Something you say to invite 
the other person to speak to show when it's when you've stopped speaking and it's time for the other person to speak. Do you know what I mean? And the other person will say, yeah, well, I think blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah, you and yeah. And confusingly, the word your, the possessive your can also be, can also has the weak form, yeah. So listen to this. Is your grandma okay? So I'll say you and your, are you okay? Is your grandma okay? Yeah, in both I'm saying yeah. So how do you know if I'm saying you or your? Well, just from the context really. Are you okay? You know that it's not are you okay because grammatically that makes makes no sense. And uh, what was it? Is your grandma okay? You know it's your because is you grandma okay is not grammatically correct. So it doesn't matter. Is your grandma okay? How's your grandma doing? So when would you stress your? Well, I thought about this and I wrote, I didn't, well, I didn't write it down. I've just written 10 people, one grandma. So imagine there are 10 people in a room and one old lady. And you know that that old lady is the grandma of one of those people in that room. I know, right? This happens to me all the time. <laughs> It's a weird situation. And you have to look around the room, look at the grandma, look at all the people in that room and think, which person is this the grandma of? So you look, you look at maybe the eye color, maybe the, I don't know, the, the height, the skin tone. And you see one person and you think, ah, he, he, he looks like he might be the grandson of this lady. And you go up to him and you say, is that your grandma? Is that your grandma? Because you're stressing your, because you, that, that's the thing. That's the important part. It's your grandma. Not everybody else is in this room. Now imagine if you go to your friend's house, it's just you, your friend, and there's an old lady in the corner. And you might say, oh, is that your grandma? Is that your grandma over there? So there you're using the weak form because grandma is the, is the important part. It's not... You wouldn't say, is that your grandma over there? Because the person would, would reply, well, yeah, there's no one else here. It's my, she's my grandma. Is that clear? Is that too much of a weird situation? I don't know why when I was writing my little notes for your grandma was in my head. So there you go. Some grandma er examples using grandmas. Okay. So we've done I, uh, we've done you, yeah. We've done your also, yeah. What about do? Do, a really common word in English, do. Uh, and duh is the weak form, duh. Usually at the start of a question and often with the weak form of you. So for example, do you like Star Wars? Hey, do you like Star Wars? Do you like, do you like football? What, what can we talk about? I don't know, do you like Star Wars? Do you like football? Do you like cars? Do you like films that are not Star Wars? D yeah. Um, do, 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 do Harry Potter fans think magic is real? Do, do Harry Potter fans think magic is real? Just trying to think, trying to, some more connected speech. Just trying to 
think of an example without do and you. The the Harry Potter thing thangs. <laughs> Sorry. Do Harry Potter fans think magic is real? There you go. Duh. Usually, like I said, usually with a do question. Duh. Next is and, shortened to n, n. So famously, fish and chips, fish and chips. No, fish and chips. And here's one for all of you rock and roll English fans. Mm, rock and roll, rock, rock and roll, rock and roll. Doesn't sound cool. Doesn't sound rock and roll. Rock and roll sounds rock and roll. Yeah, baby. Right, Martin. Okay, what else is on here? Oh yeah, me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Am I gonna play that? I might play that and put that in later. down by the schoolyard See me and Julio down by the schoolyard There you go, that's a famous Paul Simon song. Paul Simon, such a sweet, sweet, mellow, soft voice. Much nicer than my whiny nasal singing, which you get all the time on this podcast. I'm sorry. What's next? Okay, can... Weak form, can. Can you see me? Can you see me over here? Can, can you see me? Often with the question forms, uh, can you see me? No, it's a podcast, but you can hear me. You can hear me. There you go, can, not in a question form that time. Can you see me? No, but you can hear me. So you know, see and hear are the important parts of, of those sentences, not can. Um, or, and, oh yeah, okay, when, when would you use can? When you want to emphasize it. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Yes, yes, I can. No, sounds, sounds strange. Yes, yes, I can hear you. Oh, well, that actually sounds okay. When you want to really emphasize can. I've said it before, I'm sorry, I'm, oh, hang on a minute. Here's the next one. Of. <laughs> of. Uh, the famous British pronunciation that Americans love to hear us say. A bottle of water. No, not even. To. A bottle of water. A bottle of water. That's um, some glottal T's there where we don't pronounce T's. We say uh, but that's not weak forms. That's something else from connected speech. But uh for of. So in that sentence, a bottle of water, the a and the of both sound like uh, a bottle of water. What else is there? Um, can I have a cup of tea? Can I have a cup of tea? Uh, can I have a cup of tea, please? Oh, I'd love a cup of tea. Cup of tea. Uh, right. And can I think of any more examples off the top of my head? Off the top of my head. There you go. <laughs> okay, listen, I, I, I am, you know, because I know I'm speaking to English learners, sometimes I try to speak more clearly. So I said, off the top of my head. But I could also say, off the top of my head. 
off the top of my head. Warning. Oh. Warning. Okay. Sorry, Warning. let me just turn the idiom alarm down. Off the top of my head is an idiom, a phrase, and it means to just think in the moment without preparing anything, to just think of something instantly. Like, oh, the singer of U2, what's his name? Ah, oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Let me go and, oh, it's Bono. It's Bono. It was there all the time. Off the top of my head. Uh, can you think of uh, 10 English cities off the top of my head? Leicester, Newcastle, uh, Nuneaton, Nottingham, all beginning with N, Birmingham, London, of course, Southampton, uh, Manchester, Liverpool, and Leeds. There you go. 10 cities off the top of my head. I didn't plan that, didn't prepare it, just off the top of my head. Right, that's of. And now let's talk about have. And it sounds a bit like, no, it doesn't sound like that. It's more, it's got the v sound. Uv, uv. And again, often with question forms when it's at the beginning of the, of the sentence, like, have you seen the new Matrix film? Have you seen it? Have you seen the new Matrix film? Yes, I have. Have. Have you seen the new Matrix film? Matrix. <laughs> have you seen the new Matrix film? <laughs> it sounds, well, not, not with that voice. Have you seen the new Matrix film? Sounds a lot more formal. But down the pub, conversation. Oh, how's it going? Have you seen the new Matrix film? Of. Have you seen the new Matrix film? Uh, yes, I have. But well, actually, I haven't. Uh, have you got, have you got any money? Have you got any money? I'm going to the bar. Have you got any money? I've not got any money today. So have you got any? Have you got any I can borrow? Or have? That would be nice. Yeah. Um, and the response could be, oh, have you forgotten your wallet again? Have you left it at home? Have you done this on purpose? Hmm. Okay. Yes, I have. <laughs> no, no. And here's the last one that I've got for you today is my. And it's the weak form is ma. Um, oh, it's in, it's in my car. Oh, it's, it's, no, that's not my car. That's not my car. Ma, ma. That's not my car. My car's over there. My car's on the other side of the street. Uh, ow, you're standing on my foot. Ow, ow, you're standing on my foot. Get off. Ma. Uh, <laughs> uh, so hang on, let me think about, okay, so you're standing on a foot <laughs> and there are, there are three people around you and you know, you're standing on a foot. Oh, sorry. Am I standing on your foot? No. And then somebody else would say, you're standing on my foot. So emphasize my, so, sorry. Am I standing on your foot? No. Hey, you're standing on my foot. Oh, sorry. 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 Um, don't know why they didn't just take their foot off of the other person's foot. Yes. Okay. Now the other thing about me, no, <laughs> the other, hang on. Now the other thing about my short, uh, not short form, weak form, muh, is that there's another one. And it's, this is especially um, common in the North of England. And instead of saying my, often people say me instead. Like for example, oh, do you like me new car? Do you like me? I do it with a northern accent. Hey, do you like me new car? It's really good. Do you like me new car? Are you standing on me foot? Get off me foot. 
<laughs> Generic northern accent there, maybe uh, a bit Yorkshire. Yeah. Let's do a Manchester one. All right, you know what I mean? This is me brother. Me brother. Bro me brother. This is me guitar. Me. Instead of my. Could be confusing, but you know what? From the context of what people are saying, you usually know that they are meaning my and not me. And, um, you know, I'm from the middle, the middle, the middle of England. And I sometimes say me. Um, have you got, have you got me a pen? Have you got me a pen? Who's, 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 who's taken me pen? Who's nicked me pen? There you go. I might say it. I do say it. I know I say it sometimes. Right, there you go. And that was connected speech, weak forms, more connected speech in a future podcast. But now let's do something else. Okay, as promised, my tip for how you can stick to your goals. And I had this tip in my head because it's a tip which I... Um, heard on a podcast a long time ago. I think it was the Freakonomics podcast, which I recommend if it's still going. I don't know. I've not actually listened to it for a while. Uh, Freakonomics. So it mixes two words. Freak, meaning unusual, strange, and economics. So strange economics, Freakonomics. And from that, I learned um, this uh, tip that if you want to do something, a good thing to do to make sure you do it is to tell people that you are going to do it. Because the psychology of that is if you tell people you're going to do it, then you are exposing yourself to failure. And if you don't do it, those people who you've told later on might ask, oh, hey, how's that thing going that you said you were going to do? And you, you will be afraid to say, oh, I oh, didn't do it. I, I gave up. I quit. Um, and you know, that's embarrassing. You, you, you lose status, you lose power. You're, you're embarrassed. You are ashamed that you said you're going to do this thing. Gonna, there you go. There's another short form going to weak form. And then you didn't do it. And then I thought, wait, before I tell learners this, let me do some research. So you are going to learn a lot of English this year. You're going to go from B1 or B2 to a C1. You're really going to focus on your English. Should you tell your friends, your family, your co-workers this fact to make sure that you stick to those aims or not? Well, I found some things online, which I'm going to read for you. This is my research. Uh, so this one is from Inc.com. And this one actually says that um, you shouldn't tell people. Okay, let me read you this one. Uh, so it's from a German university, a professor called Golwitzer, or Golweitzer, I'm not sure, in which 49 psychology students were asked to fill out a questionnaire on their commitment to becoming a psychologist. So yeah, just a questionnaire to say, you know, how committed are you to actually becoming a psychologist in the end? Next, the participants were asked to write down their two most important study intentions for the week, such as, I will take reading assignments more seriously, or 
I will study more statistics. Then they were split into two groups. One group of participants had their intentions read by the experimenter under the assumption that the participants had completed the assignment correctly. The second group, however, was told that the questionnaire had been wrongly included and would therefore be discarded. In other words, their intentions went unnoticed. So let me um, summarize that. Um, the experimenters said, I want you to think about your um, your goals and then he had them write them down and then um uh, oh, i'm hesitating i'm reading this again you know in one the experimenter read them out you know in the assumption that that it would be it would be done uh so for example uh this student is going to uh read uh 10 articles this week which is important to their studies read it to the to the to the class to their to their their um peers a nice word peer people in your peer group are people who do the same thing as you so to the to the other students and the other group um after they'd done the questionnaire after they'd written down their aims they just said oh sorry sorry that was a mistake we're going to throw what you've written down away your your aims that you've written here are going so they weren't reported to anybody back to reading one week later, the students were emailed a second questionnaire. They were required to write down their behavioural intentions listed previously and then indicate exactly which days of the week they had acted on each intention. The completed questionnaire was brought to the experimenter where the students received payment or course credit. In the results of this study and subsequent studies performed in other stu sorry. <laughs> In the results of this study and subsequent studies performed on other students, the experimenters found that the students whose intentions were known tended to act less on their intentions than those whose intentions were unknown. So those groups of students who the experimenter read out their intentions, read out their aims to the class, they were less likely to actually act on those aims than the people who, who wrote down their aims and then they were just discarded they were thrown away oh we don't need we don't need your aims written down anymore those people whose written down aims were thrown out were more likely to achieve those aims and the article goes on and summarizes and what it says is that saying what your aims are feels like you've already done it here it's written like this Announcing your goals gives people a premature sense of completedness. A premature sense of completedness. Okay, did I did I say where this was from? Uh, this is from Inc.com. Inc.com. Uh, never heard of that website to be honest, but uh, that it it talks about university studies, so must be good, right? Okay, so that's that's an article which says that with a study which says that announcing your goals telling people your goals gives you a what was it a false uh, a premature sense of completedness you feel like you've already done it because you've talked about doing it okay now here's another study i found from inverse.com okay i will read a 2019 journal of applied psychology study 
further refines this idea, sorry, the introduction mentioned the idea, of sharing your goals. In it, lead author Howard Klein and his colleagues said that people should share their goals, but it needs to be with the right person, okay? This is key. In the case of the study, next page. The right person was someone participants perceived to have a higher status than themselves. Those with more prestige and respect. Okay, participants, the people uh, involved in the study, the people the experimenter is experimenting on, uh, and someone the participants perceived to have a higher status. So they, they think, well, this person is more important. So, more important than me. So I better, I better do it. Okay, so here, here is the study. Here's what they did. In one of the experiments, 171 undergraduate students were asked to move a slider on a computer screen to the number 50 as many times as possible within the allotted time. A lab assistant would go around checking on the student's progress. In some cases, the assistant dressed in a suit and introduced himself as a doctor-level student, and in others, he wore casual clothing and introduced himself as a student at a local community college who was working part-time. Not only did the group with the well-dressed lab assistant report that they were more committed to achieving the goal they set for themselves, but they actually performed better at the task than the students with the casually dressed assistant or those who didn't share their goals. Okay, so isn't that interesting? They, this, it was the same person, but in one he was wearing a suit and said, I'm a doctor. And in the other study, he wore casual clothes, you know, nothing smart and said i'm a student at a local university so and for the person with more authority they worked harder they they told their aims and they said that their aims were higher than in the other group and they achieved their aims more very interesting okay this is from the same article from inverse.com but it talks about another study a 2015 study published by the American Psychological Association said that people are more likely to achieve their goals when they closely monitor their progress and the chances of success are boosted if progress is publicly reported or physically report recorded. To reach their conclusion, lead author Benjamin Harkin of the University of Sheffield and his colleagues analysed 138 students comprising 19,951 participants surrounding monitoring the progress of personal health goals, such as losing weight, quitting smoking, changing diet, or lowering blood pressure. Here's a quote. Mon Here's a quote said correctly. Monitoring goal progress is a crucial process that comes into play between setting and attaining goals, ensuring that the goals are translated into action. Uh, this review suggests that prompting progress monitoring... This review suggests that prompting progress monitoring improves behavioral performance and the likelihood of attaining one's goals. Okay, so there you go. Two things which can help you stick to your aims. One is tell people, but tell the right people. Tell people who are important to you, yeah? People, not necessarily doctors with a suit, like in the study, but people you really don't want to let down. People who 
you look up to, people who you consider not superior to you, just um, yeah, important to you. Let's say that. And the other thing is to constantly monitor your progress so that you can see how you are,、um, how you're doing, how you are reaching those aims. Now, with things like weight loss. Uh, it's very easy to monitor because you just stand on the scales, you weigh yourself, and you can, you know, plot it on a graph. With English learning, with language learning, what can you do?、Oh, you can count the amount of study hours,、uh, or conversations, or lessons that you've had.、Uh, you can keep a journal of new words and keep keep going through it to make sure you know the new words and you know the journal. Uh, will will get longer and bigger and fuller. These are some ideas, but whatever works for you, tell someone important to you, and try to monitor, try to record, and publish. In, in the article, it says publish your achievements. So tell people how it's going, how your language learning is going, and these will help you stick to your goals. Now. What are my goals for 2022, or New Year's resolutions, as some people call them?、Uh, things that you try—I'm not going to say do—things that you try to do、uh, throughout the year. And、uh, I've got a list here. One is drink less Coke, Coca-Cola. I have a big problem, people. Big problem. I drink a lot of Coke Zero. Think I'm addicted to it. I really crave it sometimes. To crave—that's a nice verb. To really want something, you, if you really, 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 really want it, you crave it. And、uh, I drink two or three cans of Coke Zero every single day. Sometimes more. It's a big problem because it's not healthy, and I know it. I really think that I'm addicted to it, and it's been years, and it's been building for years. I just got to drink that Coke Zero. Are you the same? I know that a lot of people、uh, have this problem, and I don't want to compare it to smoking.、Um, no, no, I should. It's because it is like a habit, and it does it relax me. No, but it just it really satisfies me to drink it. But I know that it's it's carcinogenic. You know, it's scientifically proven. I think. I think. I'm not sure. But everyone says that whatever is in the false sweetener might give you cancer. So why do I keep drinking it? I have to stop. It's the second of January today, and so far in 2022, I've not had any. So it's going well so far. I'll keep you updated.、Um, also on my list is Jogmore. Jog, you know, to run for exercises to jog, and I go through phases where I jog two or three times a week,、uh, but I've not done any jogging for a long time, and I want to make it more of a regular thing.、Uh, recently, bought some really good headphones.、Um, what are they? They're right here.、Um, they're they're Adidas headphones, but I know that Adidas didn't do the.、Um, The technology inside them, Adidas, just sort of、uh, this company have Adidas put their name on them to sell more. 
I can't, wait, the box is around here. Oh no, I threw the box away. Oh no, here it is, wait. Oh, just reaching over the mic. Uh, okay, what are they called? Adidas RPT-01 headphones, Bluetooth headphones. Very catchy name, huh? RPT-01, sounds like a Star Wars droid. Um, I bought some in-ear headphones, the um, Beats ones that everybody on internet reviews say are great. You know, they, they uh, earbuds, you know, the little ones that stick in your ear. But I didn't like them. I found that I could hear my breathing through them. I found them a bit painful to wear, so I sent them back. And instead I got these Adidas ones which go over your head and rest on your ears and it's the sound quality is so much better. I you know, you can get the best earbuds. So this is the difference between earbuds and headphones. Earbuds are the ones that go in your ear. Headphones go over your head and rest on your ear. Um I've just never found a pair of earbuds that can meet the sound quality of headphones and music is very important to me if my if my uh, phone has no data and I can't have Spotify or if my uh, headphone batteries are broken, uh, empty, if my headphone batteries are flat or empty, I won't run. I can't run without music. It's boring. And what happens is the same song just keeps going round and round and round in my head. So I don't like that. Anyway, jog more. I'm not setting um, goals as in how many times a week or how far. Just jog more feel like I need exercise more and eat more healthily is also on my list um I've uh really you know the the thing about drinking coke is that I always eat when I drink coke and like you know the drinking coke and the eating go together so if I stop drinking coke then I won't have the snack that I'll have with the coke which is usually a bad snack like I really like cereal bars and uh, what else do I have with them? Fig rolls sometimes. It's a really bad habit, you know, especially working from home. I've got a break between classes. I've not got time to make a meal. I'll just grab some cereal bars and a Coke or a, a sausage roll. <laughs> Very unhealthy. Sausage roll, a sausage in pastry. Um, and I really need to start eating more healthy. So I'm going to try to start eating more health, healthy, more healthy or healthily. To eat more healthy. Eat, eat more healthily. Hmm. I'm going to say both are okay there. And uh, create more content. You know, I love creating content for you guys. YouTube videos, Instagram stuff, podcasts. And the problem that I've that I've been experiencing is that I, I don't... I've not been doing much. I've not been consistent. So my channels have not been growing. And... None of it is making money. Well, that's not true. On YouTube, I make about $10 a month, which, come on, I'm talking dollars, not even euro. So it doesn't even feed my Coke habit. Well, that sounded bad for anybody who started listening at the end of the podcast. It doesn't even feed my Coca-Cola habit. My my former Coca-Cola habit, I hope. So uh, my, my, my hope, my dream is... If I create more content, then eventually uh, all of this stuff, which I put so much time in, if I put more time in, then hopefully it will get to a, a place where I can make some money from it. 
hopefully. That's the dream, the dream. And you know, I could start a Patreon or something, but I feel bad starting a Patreon without regular content. So as soon as I get to a place where I've got enough people on board subscribed and following me, and um, and then if I start a Patreon, which is where you, you donate a bit of money every month, um, and I can guarantee that I can deliver a podcast, a YouTube video, a lesson every week, then I'll feel better about doing that. Because um, right now I don't want to start a Patreon for a service which is patchy, patchy, you know, meaning sometimes a lot, sometimes not so much. It's patchy. Sorry, <laughs> a little throat burp there. Uh, what else? Ah, yes, very important is get B1 level German by the end of this year. My German learning has slowed down a lot as uh, as I work full time at home, especially with the kids at home. I have three children and during the corona pandemic, which was still going through, we kept them at home a lot. We had some lockdowns here in Germany. We had some COVID cases at the school and at the creche. We decided to keep our kids home a lot. Um, out of choice, sometimes out of uh, COVID rules at other times. And you know, when the kids at home, when the kids are at home, I'm working and they're at home. When I'm not working, they're at home. So I can't do other stuff like study German, like make content for you. Uh, in some ways I'm using COVID as an excuse but in other ways, it's absolutely true. If I didn't have the kids at home so much, I would have produced a lot more content. I would have learned a lot more German. So hopefully I can find some time for more German learning this year. And I have an aim. Uh, so I suppose this goes into my, my personal um, news. So I don't know if I've really mentioned this before, but you, maybe, maybe you know that I live in Germany. We are in Germany because of my wife's work contract. Uh, she works for a French company and uh, they, they, uh, well, she, she chose to uh, apply for this contract to work in Germany for six years. Those six years are, are up. They're finished in September. But because of am I going to swear? doesn't feel like the right time to swear. But it feels like the right subject to swear about. Because of Brexit, um, I don't have an EU passport anymore. And, you know, the plan was after the German contract is up, go back to Paris to the head office of my wife's work and live back in Paris again. And then from there find another uh, contract to work in, in another place, probably in Europe uh, for another six years but because of fucking Brexit, I swore because of fucking Brexit I don't have an EU passport anymore and the, the deal is, deal I'm doing quotation marks with my with my fingers um the deal is the withdrawal agreement is that whatever if you are a Brit if you're a British person in a European country at the time of Brexit you are allowed to stay in that country the all of the um, European countries agreed the EU agreed okay any Brits living in European countries at the end of Brexit 
have the right to stay in that country. They have residency. So I have German residency. But I don't want to stay in Germany. Well, well I, I do. I like Germany a lot. But uh, with my wife's work, we want to move around Europe. And now, because of fucking Brexit, I can't. So our plan is to stay here a bit longer. Um, my wife's going to take a break from her job. Hopefully find another job in the meantime before she goes back to the company. And this is because after eight years of living in Germany, I can apply for a German passport. And then we will we will either stay in Germany or we will go to Paris or other places in Europe. Don't know yet. And I know uh, that I'm complaining about something which is a luxury that many of you don't have. If you're if you're not European, you don't have a European passport also. And you can't just go to any European city. You have to apply for visas and see what the regulations are. See if you are allowed to stay there, if you are allowed to work there. See if you meet all of the criteria. I know for a lot of you, um, this is something you also don't have. But it's just frustrating because I had it. My country, England, had this sweet deal. And because of some... Uh, insert swear word here. People, they decided they don't want that anymore. Because they want, they want freedom. Well, you got it. I didn't. I got less freedom. Okay. Um, so yeah, staying here for a bit longer. And the other uh, me news is that we are, no, we have bought a house here in Germany, which is a big thing. It's been a very long, long process. And it's far from being over because, uh, you know, we didn't have that much money. I'm an English teacher. Uh, we we bought a house and, and Frankfurt, where we live, is very expensive to buy at the minute. So we bought a house just outside Frankfurt and uh, very expensive, very, very, very expensive. And um, it's not in good condition, the house. It's a very old house. It's from 1924 and it needs a lot of work. So uh, we will be doing lots of renovating, um, building, um, just making this house livable. And there is a lot of stuff up in the air. The money that we need is tied up. Uh, it's well, we, we have some money, but we can't get to it right now. Um, we don't we, we have people who are going to help us with the redevelopment and we have to talk with them and make more of a plan and try and make it stick to our budget uh yeah i don't want to tell you i mean i'm happy to tell you more about this but i i'm i'm i think you don't want to hear it but this is what's going on in my life quite similar to luke from luke's english podcasts who also bought a house and is is doing it up you know what um this is a subject that i should do this this could be a theme for a podcast uh, renovating, decorating, um, because it's something a lot of people do in some, in some, at some point in their lives. Uh, so yeah, just, uh, thinking out loud that that would be a good podcast subject to do and it might help me. 
because I need to learn some stuff about this too. Okay, there you go. So to conclude, connected speech, weak forms, uh, make some aims and tell people, but tell the right people and, um, and, uh, what is, what is it? How, what's the word? I'm tired and record how it's going and publish, tell people how it's going. And I told you my goals and I will keep you updated on my goals throughout the year. And if I stop mentioning my goals, um, if I stop mentioning how it's going, please ask me, ask me on Instagram or Facebook or, um, in the comments of this podcast, how's it going, Rob? And either I'll say, oh, it's going good. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. Or I'll, I'll say with my head hung low, oh uh, yeah, it's not going so well. Hope not. I hope not. And I hope that your aims for the year do go well. And I hope you'll listen to my next episode. I'm going to hit the jingle and say bye uh, because it's the end of the podcast. So... Bye. Thanks for listening. English with Rob. And here for all of you super listeners who carried on listening after the end jingle is the extended version of the connected speech jingle, which involves kicking people in the face. Here you go. Connected speech when all your little words just sound like one long one connected speech has the last word ended and the next one begun connected speech you know i really want to understand you oh yeah but with this connected speech i never can do connected speech you say it's easy to understand when it really Connected speech The way you say these words I know is really different Connected speech Maybe 